1: other miss
2: to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Monday afternoon, everybody. It's the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Dalton Sanford at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson Over at Laurel at the First Bank Studio there in downtown Laurel, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Travis Creel, the newest member of the Golden Eagle baseball staff, is going to join the show here in just a moment. Cameron Brunty, who was a great baseball player for the Golden Eagles and a member of the World Series team, going to be on the show a little later uh, first of all, I want to remind you about our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, and other delicious meats that they uh, cook in-house every day, and they'll cater any event large or small, just like they did for us last Thursday night. Quick, did you enjoy that Thursday night?
1: I, I did, but when I went through the, the line to have the, di- the Dickie's food, a couple of people said, and that food is for how many people? <laughs> <laughs> and
2: unfortunately, it was just for me. Yeah. So they did a great job catering our political forum. They'll do a great job catering your event no matter what size. So sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. Okay, when it all started about three weeks ago, Kelly Santer and I, in our astute study of Southern Miss Athletics, had the best guy for this job, the assistant coaching job, after Chad Kaya announced he was leaving, the best guy guy for this job is travis creel did we not say that
1: on the show we said it would it would make sense that he would be pursued right now again we would never be so presumptuous as to tell scott barry how to do his job absolutely not but it's certainly it's certainly all added up right you know and then we even went so far as to say the volunteer assistant right that b.a volmuth was vacating
2: would be filled by Lad Rhodes. correct, and that is exactly what happened. Right. All right, Travis Creel joins us. Travis uh, Kelly and I we were we were in your corner from day one, man. We're glad to see you back uh, in the black of gold.
3: Hey, me too. I didn't uh, I didn't know you two guys uh, said that. I appreciate that. Well, uh, but you, no, we're fired up to be back.
2: You were the first guy that came to our mind uh, when <laughs> uh, when the announcement came at. Uh, Coach Kai was leaving. I'm sitting here looking at a picture of you from Louisiana Tech, Travis, and I got to tell you, I never did get used to seeing you wear that uh, red and black. Have you have you gone out and bought some new Southern Miss Swag since you got back?
3: Yeah, that was my first order of business. You know, uh, when I was playing here in Bowling Eagle Head, so, uh, and it was Under Armour, so I uh-huh. didn't have any uh, gear up to date that I could wear. So it pretty good, uh, so I, I'm starting to get there.
2: All right, take us to the take us to how all this happened. When were you first contacted uh, by Coach Barry? When did you first get the idea that uh, you might be making a move?
3: Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, I stayed really close to Coach Kai over over the years, and uh, the rumor started swirling that that uh, you know he he, he went and interviewed at A and M, and he had a chance to get it. So uh, once I heard that, that he got the job. Uh, you know, the first thing the first thing I did was was call uh, my boss, and uh, as tough as that is, uh, Lane Burrows and tell him that this is the job I was interested in, and and Coach, uh, I don't think he was thrilled uh, about it, but he he did the right thing for me, and he called Coach Berry and, and gave me the, him to go ahead, and if I was the guy, Coach was interested in, uh, feel free to pursue.
1: Well, I don't know what in the world you did, Travis Creel, but, in a, but in, a, in a span of about 48 hours, you went from a fair-haired boy in Ruston to a guy where people would have volunteered to move you out of town. <laughs> <laughs> You're
3: right about that. You are right.
1: That's it's kind of the, the, the nature of the beast, though, isn't it?
3: No doubt. No doubt. Uh, and, you know, moving is uh, a change of jobs None of that's easy, but... Uh, this decision was pretty easy, just because uh, my love for Southern Miss, my wife's love for Southern Miss, and uh, just we're very, very glad to be back. And
1: it's really a unique situation too, when you when you look at the the ties that the Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss programs have going back to Christian Ostrander leaving Louisiana Tech to come back to Southern Miss, and then Lane Burrows, of course, is a Southern Miss guy who's now the head coach there. Um, right. Austin Knight, who's on staff at Louisiana Tech, is from Summerall. So, I mean, you could almost throw a blanket over both staffs and come out with about the same guys.
3: No doubt, and we're all, we're all friends, which made this whole process a little awkward. I'll lie to you. But uh, I think Coach Burroughs was very understanding, and he, he knows uh, the tradition here, and he knows uh, how much I love this place. So that made it a little bit easier. So tell take us
1: through your your – Bullet points: The first two or three things that are top priorities for you now, as you take over this new role at Southern Miss, some things you want to get accomplished.
3: Uh, are you talking about from a lifestyle or from a baseball, baseball side? Baseball, baseball, baseball. You know what? I think uh, the first thing we got to do is, is hold on to the to the 2020 commits, uh, the kids who are going to be seniors, which I think we've done. Uh, we've got some really talented kids in that class, and uh, Coach Kai and Coach Josh Schrader did a great job with, and you know, when the uh, assistant changes, sometimes those kids' thoughts change, and uh, I think we've done a good job of making sure that they're still on board. And then uh, this 21 class, which uh, recruiting so uh, fast-paced these days. Is, uh, the incoming juniors in high school, um, we got to get a head start on that. So, uh, getting players in here, that's that's, uh, that's the big part of it, obviously. You need, you need good players to win, so uh, they're recruiting to the lifeblood of uh, any program, so that's kind of the first thing we're doing. One,
1: one, here. one of the advantages I think you bring to the table is that you're an M-word, Travis Creel. You're I'm a what an M-word, a, a millennial. <laughs> so, usually we don't Usually we don't say that word a lot on this show but I say that because of your age, obviously you know much more of a mindset that these high school kids, you're dealing with this you grew up with the same things they were kind of growing up with the social media and all that kind of thing which I would think would help you do your job Yes?
3: No, yeah I think so I think it makes you relate to the players but at the same time I like to think Coach Palmer, uh, Always, he called me OS, old school, so I don't like to think of myself as a millennial <laughs> I don't like that, but no, I think I of, wouldn't either. <laughs> being adaptable, uh, being adaptable with uh, with personalities and, and the kids these days, and sure, there's definitely a different uh, different way to communicate and things like that. So, absolutely, that helps
2: with recruiting 100%. All right, look, get in here. Travis Creel on the Eagle Hour.
0: Coach Krill, thanks for coming on today. Talk us through, uh, because we had a lot of conversations with uh, Coach Kaye, his hitting philosophy. What is your hitting philosophy? Is it the same as Coach Kaye? Is it a little different, nuanced, or totally different?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, me playing for Coach Kaye for five years, and uh, you you obviously take a lot of things from him. And then, you know, I worked for some really great guys as well. Uh, The whole coaching coaching profession, you you know, you're stealing ideas from guys taking things you like, leaving things behind that you don't like, and kind of creating your own deal. I definitely took a lot from Coach Kai. I took a lot from Coach Burroughs. Uh, Dylan Sutton was another great hitting guy. Uh, Chris on at Jones. So I think uh, the more the more you're in this profession, the more you steal and the more you make stuff your own. So, uh, yeah, very, very similar when it comes to Coach Kai. There will be some different things, but for the most part, I think that it will be a smooth transition.
0: And we we talk about, you know, how there's so much connection here and, and you being a Southern Miss guy and, and you know, even Coach Burroughs. It, just being totally honest, that that is so many positives, it goes a long way. But how important is it for you to think outside the box where you just don't, you know, kind of live in, in the same bubble? I mean, is that a perpetual challenge, a yearly challenge for a coach to challenge your way and, and to challenge your, your ideas that you have and to look for new ideas? Sure,
3: and I think you know the way the the game is growing. There's so many conventions and, and podcasts and all this stuff you can listen to. I think there's you can kind of grow yourself uh, away from your coaching staff, which uh, you know I do. A lot of people do. So uh, yeah, there's there's so many uh, so many ways to to learn and grow, and uh, I, I try to do that every day.
2: Travis, I think you hold the record for the most hits in a single game. Six hits in a single game. Yeah. How does does a guy get six hits in a single game?
3: Well, I think the score of that game was like 21 to 6 or something. So Uh we had a lot of hits that day. Uh, I think about three of those six were ground balls through holes. Sometimes it's better to be lucky, right? So I I hit some balls, not at people, which is. It's always good
2: to do. All right. Do you remember who that was against? I don't remember the game. Uh,
3: UAB. I know
2: UAB. UAB. So, so you're a record holding coach. Uh, are you going to be sad if one of your young proteges that you're teaching how to hit breaks that record? No. If somebody gets seven hits in the game, I'll be fired up. I get to the offense. It's
1: good for me. Right. It won't be good for the pitching staff because you're probably playing ten or
2: twelve innings to get <laughs> right. Yeah, to get to the... you're probably right. Right. Hey, yeah, Travis, we're beating somebody pretty good. We are really happy you're back. Uh, congratulations to you and your uh, wife and your great young family. Uh, we'll be calling on you a lot because, uh, as you probably know, we cover Southern Miss baseball a lot here on this show. We uh, never get tired of talking about it, and uh, we'll look forward to a lot of conversations with you in the in the months to come.
3: Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to
2: it. All right. Travis Creel, everybody's the new recruiting coordinator and hitting coach for the Golden Eagles. And let's just say it one more time. How long ago did we predict this? It's, it's been, I think Jimmy Carter was president, actually. I think you're right. I think you're right.
0: Linehog
1: Akron. Linehog Akron. Good journalistic uh, sniffing things out, Luke. That's what there
2: it's about. Go. When we come back, we're going to talk to a former great Southern Miss left fielder, hitter, and World Series team member. Cameron Brunty is next on the Eagle Hour. The top. The top. You're tuned in
1: to the Eagle Hour.
2: Welcome back, and thanks to Travis Creel, the newest member of the Southern Miss coaching staff, for joining the Eagle Hour. In the first segment, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net they got a great selection of Southern Miss Apparel, getting close to time to go back to school, I guess, right? Public schools in the Hattiesburg area start Tuesday, August 6th. That is two weeks from tomorrow, I believe. So it is time to go to Campus Book Mart and start checking into books for the next semester and trade in your old books. And uh... The
1: big yellow building. And when I'm talking, yep. it's right across from the main entrance. Can't miss it. You, I mean,
2: it is as big and as yellow as you, <laughs> as you can possibly get. Right, so. Unless you're colorblind, right. it jumps right at you when you're uh, traveling down Highway uh Forty nine, And, of course, Hardy Street. You can also uh, buy yourself online at campusbookmart.net. We thank uh, those good folks for their support. Our next guest uh, was really one of my favorite players when he was here. I always enjoyed uh, watching this young man uh, play left field and hit the ball and uh, do all sorts of constructive things for Southern Miss baseball. Uh, Cameron Brunney was here from 2009 through 2012, left with a three hundred three career batting average at 252 hits. 33 doubles, 14 triples, 21 home runs, 142 RBI. He was just a solid, big-time player for the Golden Eagles. And we welcome Cameron Brunney to the Eagle Hour. Cameron, you come here in uh, 2009. That was a pretty good year to show up, wasn't it? Uh, not
4: a bad year to start. Not right. A bad year at all. I appreciate all
2: the nice things you said, man. No, no, i, I read the stats, my man, and, uh, and you earned every one of them. So you come from Pensacola High School. Or you come from Pensacola Gulf Breeze High School. Yes, sir. And the next year, you're on a World Series college baseball team. That had to be kind of a head-swirler there.
4: Uh, it, was, it, was, it was really different because my high school team didn't really have too much success. So uh, getting to play that long and getting to, getting to the College World Series was, uh, it was, a, it was a crazy experience. I it hit me when I was playing my freshman year. I think I was just long for the ride. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really understand it. But, uh, no, it was, it was, it was awesome. Man. Well, your, your high
1: school team might have not had much success, but if you were living in Gulf Breeze, buddy, you didn't have any
2: other complaints, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no,
4: the beach is right there, man. You know yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty nice neighborhood. Right.
2: Uh, so, Cameron, take us back uh, to the genesis. How did you end up from, from the beach uh, in the Florida panhandle to becoming a Golden Eagle?
4: Um, well, I signed actually to Pensacola State College early in my senior year, and a couple of my friends wanted to go to a, uh, showcase, and I told them about this one at Southern Miss my dad was looking at, and, uh, you know, a group of my friends just went up to the like, showcase at Southern Miss, and I guess I did pretty good, and Coach Kai actually came down to watch me, I think in April, and, um... I guess he liked me enough and just kind of offered me after that that game he saw I don't think I hit too good either I think I went over three with two strikeouts but uh I don't know what he saw but I guess he saw something
2: and you're glad he did i gather
4: yes sir definitely man i had a, I had a lot of fun I I had, I had some great coaches and great teammates over there
2: right Luke, get in here
0: uh Cameron fourteen triples jump off the page to me um uh, swift of foot were you huh <laughs> uh
4: I guess a little bit. I think maybe sometimes in the outfield they might have slipped a couple of times, and I got lucky around <laughs> the second base. But uh, you know, they just—I just see uh, Coach Barry or Coach High over there at third base wave me around, so I just just trust them enough to take it. But I think I got lucky sometimes. They might have slipped out there.
0: And you, and you may not even realize this. Uh, it's it's funny. I played football, and you go back and you find your name and you know statistical categories. Man, you're in you're in the top ten all time in in career performances in like five of the hitting categories. Uh, when you look at you find names like Shepard, Tommy Davis, uh, Luke Reynolds, Walner's in there now, uh, Michael Artman, Mark Maddox. Man, I mean you you are right in the middle with some of uh, the greatest names in the history of Southern Miss. I didn't know if you realized that or not.
4: Uh, not really. Uh I, sh- I had some really good coaching over there. I don't think I didn't really have my my skills weren't that good in high school and Coach Kai and Coach Barry just really uh and Coach Palmer even, they just really worked me to death and uh you know, they got me to where I was and I say all the credit goes on to them, man. They're they're great coaches, they we- know their stuff. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when when, when we think about uh, you were in the transition. What was the transition like uh, b- between Coach Palmer and Coach Barry?
4: Not not too much different. They seem they were about the same. I mean, they've been coaching for a long time together, and you know that after that freshman year, I just didn't really feel any different. I enjoyed Coach Barry a lot, and Coach Palmer both. And you know, Coach Palmer he still come up to the uh, he still come up to the field, come watch and come yell from the stands and stuff, and. You know, I, I, they just, yeah, they just, it uh, wasn't too much of a transition, man. They made it feel like home no matter what year it was. And, but at what you know, it point, was awesome.
1: at what point in your career, uh, Cameron, did you, did you kind of think to yourself, okay, I think I got this. I'm getting the hang of this. I think I might be able to play in this league.
4: Oh, no point, man. <laughs> never, I feel, ever. I, I like never, ever, man. I had to feel like I had to work all the time. I was little, I was a skinny guy. So I feel like I had to work hard and I feel like I could have worked a lot harder, but you know, I felt I never really felt like I had it down, man. Those, those pitchers in that conference are really good, and you know, I just, some uh, some players, some players that were playing with me were really good too. And it's it just uh, always kind of work hard, and it was tough.
2: You know, Cameron, my wife and I moved back to Hattiesburg uh, from up in North Mississippi in 2010, and that's when we were really able to just dive headfirst into Southern Miss baseball because we were here, obviously, and we could, uh, you know, we could attend every game. And and I remember that I was really taken back at the atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park and the enthusiasm and the... uh, you know, and and the vocal nature of the Southern Miss baseball crowd when when I first got immersed back into it in 2010. I wonder, a kid like you, when you come from from a high school down in Florida and you and you walk into Pete Taylor Park and you're playing on a team in that period of time where there was so much enthusiasm. What was that like for you? It was it was uh,
4: it was ner- it was nerve wracking at first, man, because I. I went up there my senior year of high school just to watch a game on a visit i mean the crowd and the fans and the students were all i mean they were everybody was into it and i never been to really uh i never really been to an atmosphere like that i'd go visit some other schools and they just didn't have the atmosphere that southern miss had and i mean the moment you step on campus man those fans make you feel like you feel like you're home man. they just uh they really uh they really uh pick you up i guess you could say i mean they just they're always there for you and sometimes even when you're doing bad they'll, they'll they'll let you hear it but you know they mean well and uh that atmosphere is just incredible man The way they pack out the, the roost and know uh, pete taylor park and all of this it it's, it's incredible
1: now, now the few times that you didn't hit the ball very well cameron brunty those they, were very few times <laughs> yeah but gone, i'm saying the fans would probably start calling you cameron bunty instead so,
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be scared to lay down a bunt sometimes and uh I guess that kind of uh, worked towards my favor.
1: Now I'm about to <laughs> amaze Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, my co-hosts. I think, and you can help me here, Cameron. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Gulf Bree- at Gulf Breeze High School. Were you a, a fighting dolphin?
4: A fighting dog? I was. I was a dolphin. Yes, sir. How do you know this? Kind how of was that? Stuff? How I, how I have no that?
1: idea how I knew that Gulf Breeze High School was the Dolphins. I just a fighting dolphin. It's an oxymoron.
4: <laughs> yeah, would, uh, isn't it? It's a fighting I don't a, a football dolphin. game. At our football games, they'd have a big uh, dolphin noise every time we got a first down. It was a <laughs> big dolphin community of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it. It was annoying at first. You had to get used to it after a while. So
1: at least it meant you had a good offense, right?
4: Uh, kind of. If you got I the do dolphin. Now, now, they're, now they're really good. Back then, a couple first downs here and there, but we usually, uh, usually weren't that good on the football field.
1: Yeah, you were the homecoming opponent, right?
4: Exactly, yeah. Were you
2: a multi-sport uh, guy in high school, Cameron? Do you play more than just baseball?
4: Um, I played football my freshman year, and not a big football guy. I'm, I was little, I, uh, so I was really just gravitating towards more baseball. And I'd always try to play fall, ball, fall baseball a lot, which would take me away from football during mm-hmm. my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just stuck towards baseball. I thought I had a future in it at least, so I right. kind of just kind of just stuck with that after my freshman year
2: and you played with some really talented guys here at Southern Miss in your four years here didn't you
4: definitely Dozier Ewing Bo Davis Corey Stevens, Kyle yeah. Massey leaders James Ewing uh, Mike Ewing just leaders they had, they had talent man but they, uh, they were really good leaders Really good leaders on the
2: field. Well, can you attest to the fact BA Volmouth has always told us that he actually beat out Brian Dozier at shortstop uh, in two thousand nine <laughs> and that's why Dozier was not playing. Is there any truth to that, Cameron? Uh yeah, totally.
4: But BA definitely beat him out. <laughs> but Dozier just couldn't hang with B A. BA B. was just like ah, oh, you're a senior, go ahead and take it, it's fine. But but you
1: can call this call this a hunch if you want, but I think the Dozier kid's gonna be okay. I think he's gonna
2: do okay, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, think
4: he, he ended up pretty good, didn't he?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cameron, we may hold you over because we're having a lot of fun with you. Uh, but you've been doing some coaching of your own, have you not, down on the coast?
4: Yes, sir. I actually just got done with my first uh, college coaching at University of West Florida this past year.
2: I got you. So, what are you coaching down there? Hitting?
4: Um, I was working. I was kind of the grad assistant. So I was working with hitting and outfield mainly. Right. But um, I actually uh, I did it for a year to get um, some schooling under under my belt because I'm trying to. Uh, to work towards being a nurse, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I needed to get some schooling done. And I thought, um, I love baseball a lot, and I thought coaching would be a great experience. And the uh, the head coach I got to work under was a 2011 national champion for Division Two. Um, I, I, I thought it'd be a great chance to work under a national champion. And if I'm, uh, so, and um, I got lucky with that spot.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, West Florida are the Argonauts.
2: Yes, sir. They are the uh, Don't encourage him, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, can you hang on during the break? We want to continue our conversation with you. Yes, sir. All right, we're talking to Cameron Bruny former great Southern Miss outfielder and now a coach. And, and former Dolphin. And a former Dolphin. We'll be right back more with Cameron Brunny when the Eagle Hour continues.
0: To the top. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar & Grill located at 2505 West 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Check them out on Facebook. They have their uh, weekly specials as well until football season. Every Tuesday night you can get wings for 65 cents apiece. That's with our friends over at 4th Street Bar & and grill Luke, Bob, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and beautiful downtown Laurel. We continue with Cameron Brunty, former outfielder for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And Cameron, a couple things. Uh, just uh, when you look back at your career, one of those teammates that, that uh, you played with, uh, we had him on uh, the first segment of the show today, Travis Creel, who's now the uh, the uh, recruiting coordinator and the hitting coach for the Golden Eagles. Your take on one of your former teammates coming back and, and uh, being in charge of recruiting and hitting for the Golden Eagles
4: man. I texted him right, right when I first heard it. I said, I thought it was a great hire, man. He he learned from one of the best, in my opinion, Kaye. and I think he's gonna get. Up, he's got a great personality. He knows the game. I mean, he right when we first came in, our, both of our freshmen here, man, he knew probably a lot more than a lot of those seniors knew. He just knew the game well. And Coach Kyle always praised him and thought he was gonna be a coach when he got older. And uh, I just thought it was a great hire, man. He's awesome. I think he's gonna get a lot of good players in, and he knows the game really well.
0: When, uh, when when you look back you talk about you guys came in at the same time everybody remembers um, not only your four years of your career but especially that first year what was it like not only to play as a freshman go to college World Series as a freshman but to be a freshman all-american
4: uh, that that was that was that was fun that was nice I I didn't really think I had a chance I know there's a lot of good talent out there I I never really thought about it man I was just trying to play and trying to contribute to that team and all those seniors I wanted to just Play as hard as I could for them and have them have a, a memorable senior year, and I just that was not on my mind at all. I just wanted to win and get us as far, get help as much as I could to get us as far as I could. We could. Cameron, and, uh, your senior
2: year, you suffered an injury, as I recall. Can you kind of refresh my memory on that? Didn't you? uh miss part of the year with an injury.
4: Yes, sir. I was, we were playing uh, Alabama at home, and I just took a cut of the, took a cut of the ball, and my hand went numb, and I completely missed the ball. By the way. Uh-huh. And my hand went numb, and I uh, broke my hamate bone. Apparently, that knob will rub against that bone and just deteriorate that thing. That's
2: right. That's right. It, it it knocked you out for a while, didn't it?
4: It did. It knocked me out for three weeks. I think I came back too early, honestly. Uh-huh. But uh, I really wanted to get back and play the right series because I was really looking forward to that. They had a they had a good team that year. They had some good players I wanted to play against, and you know I might have came back too early, but you know looking back, it it happens, and. Yeah.
2: All right, now correct my memory because it it does waver these days, but I believe it was your junior year. I believe it was a Sunday afternoon game. I don't recall who it was against, but I believe you hit a walk-off home run to win the game that hit the foul pole in right field. Am I correct about that?
4: Yeah, sir. Sure. And uh, the reason I actually remember that is because it was on Mother's Day. Right. And my mom, my mom will bring that up probably every Mother's Day.
2: Right, right. Say, you
4: Remember that time you hit that home run on Mother's Day? And I was like, yeah, right. I do remember that, Mom.
2: Who was that against, Cameron? I remember the hit. I just don't remember the opponent. Uh,
4: uh, UAB. Again? We down, <laughs> UAB.
2: I think it was UAB,
4: yeah. I think we were down 5 to nothing going into the 6th or 7th, and we just started ticking away those last, those right. last final innings. And,
1: so getting, getting six hits against UAB and hitting that home run against UAB, they
2: hate you, Cameron Bronte. <laughs> <and> Brun- <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that program is
4: awesome over there. I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're doing good. They're yeah, doing good. yeah.
2: You do recall that, though. Hit the foul pole. Am I not right about that? And On the, on the first baseline to walk off the game.
4: I thought it was
2: gonna, I thought it was going to move foul, too. I kinda got like, The wind kind of pushed it there, I think. Yep, yep. Well, it's, it's great. I, I remember that very well.
1: Man, the, the fact you were kind of downplaying your high school career when you were a, a fighting dolphin at Gulf Breeze, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you got to play then as a freshman in college, you were probably going, dude, this is pretty cool. The average what high school player, and I'm getting to start in a D1 program as a freshman?
4: yeah it was uh, it, it was surprising i thought i was going to go in and redshirt if anything but um i guess i had a good spring i mean a good fall and those i mean those seniors and those, that coaching staff they were really good man they were they were awesome i think i learned a lot from those guys and i think it just helped me a lot along the way all
2: right, all right cameron where do you live now are you are you back in pensacola
4: yes sir i'm in pensacola florida right now I try to go to the beach as much as i can
2: uh, so how <laughs> many days a week do you go to the beach cameron
4: uh, you know, when you're over here, you don't really you take it for granted, kind of. So I'm I'm there probably once every other week, once every three weeks or something oh, on a okay. weekend if I get, if I get some time.
2: I see. not not an <laughs> not an everyday but, deal. No, not an everyday deal. I don't
4: think I'd start uh start uh, giving to skin cancer if I went
2: every day. Well, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> and and I lived down there for a while in Panama City Beach. You generally, the locals generally go to the beach more when the tourists are gone. Am I correct about that, Cameron?
4: definitely it is packed right now they're trying to build this new bridge over here too so it is just swamped with people coming in and you're bumper-to-bumper bumper pretty much every day if you try to get over there. Right, right. Boy,
1: nothing says a nice, calm, relaxing vacation to me than bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic. <laughs> you know?
4: Especially when it's 95 degrees out. <laughs> right,
2: right. Right, exactly. Hey, Cameron, great conversation, man. We're, we're glad you came on the show. It was fun talking to you, and uh, we'll be following you down there with your coaching career and and hope that it's uh, very successful for you.
4: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for
2: having me again. All right, Cameron Brunning, everybody. One of the really great baseball players uh, that I had the pleasure of watching at Southern Miss. I tell you what, Kelly, I, we did. We moved back here in '10, and uh, we we came to baseball games through the years. But it was a little more difficult because they play, you know, one game Friday, Saturday. So we didn't get to come like like we would normally have come. And when we moved back here in 2010, we immediately started attending all of the baseball games. And this kid was just really outstanding three years
1: in a row. The great story that what I took from Cameron when he retraced his his career was he said, he said, I tried to play football, but I was too small. Mm -hmm. You know, baseball is one of those unique sports where you don't have to be six, four, you know, 235 pounds. You can be that little guy. You know, and still contribute, you know, and come through because obviously people mature at different rates, right. you know, and and obviously he was probably a late bloomer. But um, but in this case, based on what he said, you know, Coach Kai and some of those guys saw beyond perhaps his limitations at the time and saw what he could become. And they were right about mm-hmm. that. You know, sometimes it's a gamble. Um, i'm not saying it was with Cameron Brunty I 'm just saying with sometimes no, it is a gamble, and that one
2: paid off because he certainly uh, he certainly came up big in his career. Uh, we never get tired of talking college baseball. Have you ever noticed that i mean we we pretty much talk it year round if someone will come on the show and talk to us and we 're always right. You know, we nailed it on these coaches, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I'm telling you, right. That that maybe we, the next time we should be on an advisory committee. These old these old journalistic uh, yeah, threads I'm keep coming out right. here, Bob. We can I'm dig I'm up a story. You right. Yeah. Uh, what records did he hold, Luke? You said he held five records. That he's in the top ten.
0: Yeah, he's in the top ten. Uh, top ten in at bats, he's number ten there. Uh, in runs, he's number five all time. Singles, he's number nine all time. Triples, he's number two all time. And then walks, he's number five all time. So, you know, a few of those, he's in the top five. Uh, the one that really stood out to me was the triples uh, and the runs. When you think about it, as many runs has been scored, the only guys ahead of him, Scotty Zurich, is, is tied with him, but Jeff Cook, Brad Wilcutt, Trey Sutton, and Mark Maddox. That's elite company in Southern Miss baseball history.
1: And kind of interesting to me, too, that he's that high up in walks because Mm -hmm. he he wasn't a Walner-type guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you understand why Walner gets put on, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. the fact that he was put on so much via the walk would also lead you to believe that that's why he scored so many runs, as if he's getting that many walks.
2: Kelly, let me give you a heads-up and a warning about something. You weren't with us Friday. We're going to be on the road again this Friday down at Sully's. Sully's. Always look forward to that. We were at Ramey Motors this past Friday, and uh, this is how you have to watch the people on this show. They had a Tesla down there, you know, the electric car. And they were bragging to us about how luxurious it was. And it was the fastest thing they had ever ridden in. And it was just so unbelievably fast. It would outrun a Ferrari and a, you know. An AMC Pacer? SS Camaro, all sorts of stuff. So these guys were telling us about it. And and then they were saying, so when the show's over, we'll take you guys for a ride. That would be cool. (laughs) So the show ends. I get up. I walk in the restroom. And when I come back out of the restroom, there's not a soul anywhere. Both of my friends, uh, Bergens and Luke, as soon as I disappeared, they hop in the Tesla and off they go. And then they have the audacity to send me a video, an an email video of how much fun they're having. So point being, don't ever turn your back on these guys on the road. They'll drop you in a heartbeat
0: to to correct the record bob you weren't invited okay so mm-hmm. i was invited and i and i got michael to come with me and we were looking around for you and you weren't mm-hmm. there yeah so we had to yeah. we had to go now how Kelly, fast the, was the it? experience well I don't. I don't know if we can. You know, this goes out over the air, and I don't want to put anybody in Ramy Motors in legal jeopardy. But all I know is, it was the fastest. It, like it, it. It was worse. It was not worse. It was. It was more exhilarating than the fastest like roller coaster start I've ever been on. And I've been to S- Cedar Point in Ohio where mm-hmm. you go like zero to sixty in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. The Tesla. It almost felt like you pulled half a G. I mean, it was nuts. Electric. And then uh, thankfully when 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 we pushed the gas coming back, thankfully there was a, a purpose cop there, but he showed us mercy and well, just let us keep going down. I,
1: I would never want to go that fast because if we did, I would say it and then I would probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note,
2: we'll take a break. The Eagle Hour will continue. <laughs>
1: tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Gulfport Home Center brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. The largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Go see our friends at Gulfport Home Center on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Luke, Kelly, Bob, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, Southern Miss. Uh, Ticket office is creating a family fun zone for the 2019 football season. It's going to be in the south end zone, uh, which includes sections 110 to 115, face painting, balloon artist, and kid-friendly games. Uh, There's going to be uh, several tables scattered throughout where families can socialize as they watch their kids play. If you want to purchase tickets for that area, just hit up the uh, athletic ticket office at... 601-266-5418. 601 5418 well, uh, we saw last week, guys, how uh, five Golden Eagles on uh, were named to the preseason All Conference USA team. Uh, four of those on the defensive side. Some more preseason awards have come in. Kyle Hemby, junior defensive back, has been named to the 2019 Jim Thorpe Award preseason watch list, which is the best uh, defensive back in college football. And then also, true sophomore Trace Clopton, the Southern Miss starting center, has been named uh, as one of one of 80 divisions Division uh, One centers to the Remington Trophy preseason watch list. Clopton was one of those guys, guys, coming out of Brookhaven High School. I watched him as dad, as a high school football coach uh, at Brookhaven. And he was one of those guys that just kind of had some uh, in- intangibles. And you rarely see... Uh, true freshmen start uh, not only on the offensive line, but especially at the center um, position. And, and Clopton did it last year and should have a really good year this year as a sophomore. Uh,
2: I want to take you back to what you mentioned earlier. I, I'm a little confused about this kid zone. Is this going to be inside the football stadium?
0: Based off what I was reading, it it includes those sections. So let me – uh Yeah. So, I think well, so. And that,
1: and that is where, the, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's, it's at the, the end of the end zone, right, where the band sat the last couple, three years.
2: So where are the jumps and all these kids' things going so yeah, so the, okay, like to okay. well, be, gonna be? Up in the breezeway,
0: behind the seats? Face painting, balloon artist, and kid-friendly games. So I don't think there's
2: going to be jumps like when they used to do on the practice. Well, it must be going to be up at the breezeway, behind the seats,
1: is or there, there is some, there is some area down by the fence. You know the. Oh yeah, okay. You know there's yeah, a little walk be. walk area where maybe they've got t- tables. But that's to where set I go, there. and you
2: throw the chicken wings from the suite down to me from time to time. Yeah, do my, I, I do my I do my pageant
1: now? wave at you. At yeah, you yeah what am I going to do there. now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to, I know Bob. At our age, it's difficult to adjust, but we're just going to have to. I guess make so. that adjustment. Has
2: he ever invited you to his suite, Luke? He never has invited me. Never has. No. Never, never has. has. Uh, the
1: Remington Award. <laughs> you were just just—you know—you're getting old when the guy who they named the award after, you remember, covering as a player, Dave Dave Remington at the University of Nebraska, is that right? Was a a great center back in the day. Let
2: me tell you how old Kelly is, Luke, and he pointed this out at the um, at the political forum the other night. There was a young lady running for chancery clerk. And she told Kelly, oh, Mr. Santer, I used to watch you all the time on TV when I was a kid. And uh, and so Kelly goes up. He's the MC for me. And he goes up and he relays that. And he put it in great perspective, though. He said, it has been a long time since I worked in local TV. In fact, it was so long ago when I worked in TV, they hired adults, which I thought was a – Which was
0: <laughs> – <laughs> hey. Hey, uh, Mr. Sander, I remember watching you on TV when I was a kid. Also, everybody was
1: oh, a kid. Yeah. You know,
0: Methuselah was a kid,
1: right?
2: You know? Right. So it could be that the Chancery Clerk of Lamar County, if this young woman were to win the election, uh, would be. Well, Kelly would be old enough that the Chancery Clerk remembered him as a child watching TV while eating her Cocoa Puffs.
1: Yes, but but but, hello, pot. My name is Kettle. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, when I was at the the local TV station, who did I come in after? I know
2: that's true. It's Bob true. Getty. It's is, true. Who's, who's I'm so old. It was a big deal when they put the first satellite dish behind the building. I remember we were all standing there in amazement. It was about forty feet wide. You remember those? And old how does dishes? this thing work? Yeah, yeah. And you're saying what now? How, how exactly is this going to jump down on this big dish and do something? But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, Luke. Uh, I remember Mr. Sander watching him on TV when I. I was a little girl.
0: Great. <laughs> great. Here's me. Kelly, you're 21. Kelly, I just want to uh, compliment you. I want to compliment uh, you, Kelly. Your hair looked so nice back then. So nice.
2: Well, he had a head. He had a head of hair. And the thing he? is, and we won't, we, won't mention
0: the, we won't mention this candidate,
1: but, but right. you could tell, I could tell by the look on her face. I'm pretty good at reading women's faces, okay? Right, and it's right. usually not a good thing. <laughs> right, right, right. But I know the subtext. If there was a word balloon over her head, she was probably thinking, yeah, I watched them as a kid. What has happened to you? <laughs> you
2: know? Do you still have any of your old suits from your broadcasting? Of day? course. Do you?
1: And and they, you know, I, do you wear them? I, the pants I can wear, I got to, go to wear them a lot lower. <laughs> but, but, but sure did, did
0: you wear tennis shoes when you broadcast live on air kelly did you do that
1: no I, but i would do the shorts thing
2: i've done that yeah you know,
1: we'd wear shorts and, and flip flops
2: but that was a pretty normal thing on the weekends that yeah everybody doing the news had on a shirt and tie and a sports coat and shorts and tennis shoes yeah because right. you
1: i mean lots of times you were covering stories right up until about a half an hour before you went right. on the air right you know?
2: right. So. I remember you when I was a little boy eating my Cocoa Puffs. Gosh, if I only up, had a nickel. And now
1: here you are. If I only had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> hey, Preston Hanford's going to join us a little bit later uh, this week. Uh, former great football tight end uh, for the Golden Eagles. He'll be
2: joining us. Looking forward to talking to him. And on a matter that matters not one iota to our listening audience, I'll be gone tomorrow. You two guys will have the show.
1: Help us can we handle it
2: Luke? I think you can. And Sully's Absolutely. Sully's this Friday. Sully's I will be back for that.
1: I think everybody'll be yeah. here for yeah. that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Until tomorrow everyone. Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top.